Don't you feel like square dancing when we play that song? I totally want to. Next time, maybe, next time. I'm glad they used that picture of me snowboarding this weekend up there. So I was going, what do you call it, carving the mountain? No, I don't know how to snowboard at all. Hey, let's just set the record straight. Um, As a church, as a faith family, as a body of Christ, we're for the patriots tonight, right? Right? Patriots? Right? Come on, Mandy. Come on. All right. We're voting for the patriots. Hey, I just want to say thank you to uh, the Firestarters Youth Ministry for feeding us breakfast this morning, for the great time of bagels and coffee and juice, and more importantly, just the time to, to visit and to have fellowship this morning and to have breakfast together around the table, to break bread together. So, Firestarters, thank you for serving us this morning. We love you guys. Uh, I hope it was a, a very fruitful time for you, too, as you raised a few funds for your trip to Spring Hill coming up in a few weeks. And uh, how about that video? That was really a good video, wasn't it? That generation, yeah. So proud of Wendy and Raven and Cindy and everyone who participated in the Generation Spark pilot program last year. And uh, very grateful. Um, and I, I know I'm going to get in trouble for drawing any attention to him, but uh, very grateful for Virgil Gulker. He and his wife Kathy are with us this morning. And uh, Virgil started Kids Hope like many, many years ago, and, and now he's helped start Generation Spark. Thank you for giving the church vehicles to bring younger people and older people together, Virgil. I mean, we love our Kids Hope program. We've been doing that for like, I don't know, 18 years. And uh, we are excited about Generation Spark. And I just want to strongly as I can encourage everyone. If you're like a, a 16 to 24-year-old sitting here, or you're like in the older generation, um, I would love for you to just go talk to Wendy and the team this morning and, and at least get some more information. At least if that video stirred you at all um, to really strongly consider being a part of this. It, w- whenever we get an older person and a younger person you know, who are interested, we're just going to launch them into this relationship. And uh, younger people, um, we need your vision we need your, your enthusiasm, we need your passion, we need your ideas, we need your questions, we need your heart here at Victory Point. And, and those of the older generation, um, you have so much wisdom and experience to offer. And what a cool opportunity to just, for a season, it's, it's, it's really just like a three-month kind of commitment, for a season that, that you'd be willing to just meet together, have coffee together, and talk and, and, and listen to God together and go after some dreams together in the kingdom of God. So I just encourage everyone, um, if you're ready to, to know more this morning, go talk to Wendy or in the weeks to come, get a hold of us, get a hold of Wendy, because we would love to launch the next teams of, of uh, Generation Spark you know, mentors and mentees. All right, well, my name's Matt, and uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad winter's over and spring is here now, and uh, we can move on. The groundhog said it's going to be here, and it is. So um, we're going to continue our series this morning called Co-Mission, the Adventure. And I want to stress that part, the adventure of living on mission together. And we're going to really go after that idea this morning. And and this whole series has really um, been an attempt as we begin a new year together to just remind ourselves of who we are, what we're about, and how we're going to go about what we're about as a church. So we've been looking at some very foundational concepts and truths for Victory Point. 
We, we started by talking about our vision, and you're going to hear us say this over and over and over. Our vision is to reveal, to bring, to incarnate, to um, embody the kingdom of God in our family and in our community and in the world. And uh, by kingdom, what we simply mean is God's rule and reign. We, wherever we go, we want God's rule and reign um, to, to be exhibited, to be experienced, to be manifested, to be incarnated. We don't want to wait for us to die or Jesus to come back to go to heaven. We want to be a part of bringing heaven to earth, making everywhere we are like things are in heaven. That's what we mean by bringing the kingdom. That's the heartbeat. That's our vision as a church. How are we going to do that? The same way Jesus did. We're going to make and multiply disciples who learn to be like Jesus and do the kinds of things he did and make other disciples who do that very thing. And then uh, a few weeks ago, we started looking at our values what are the values? Like, these are the things that, that um, define how we're going to be as a church. And, and the, the most central thing we're going to do is we're going to love God by loving people well. We're going to love God the same way that God loves us. Last week we talked about we're going to be authentic and accountable, like, like Wendy was talking about. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to be real, okay? We're not going to pretend. We're going to be ourselves, and we're going to hold each other accountable to being like Jesus, to growing relationship up with the Father and in with each other and out with a broken world. And in values, as we talk about values today and in the next few weeks, right, a value is only valuable when practiced. It's no good if it's just on a website. It's no good if it's up on a screen and we talk about it on Sunday. These are things we don't want to just value. We want to practice. We want to embody, and especially the one today. Today we're going to talk about communities on mission. And what we mean by that is this. We will follow Jesus, not just individually, but in community by developing extended spiritual families that will eat, play, pray, share resources, encourage, and do mission together. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So as we prepare for that, would you guys pray with me, please? Lord, we're so grateful for this book that we love um, thank you for all the stories in there. Uh, thank you for the stories we're going to read this morning. Th- these are just people like us, just everyday people, but who are doing their very best in the power of the Holy Spirit to center their lives around the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Lord, we believe we are who, what this book says we are. We believe we have everything this book says we have. So may we receive that this morning. May we put it deep within us and take it with us as we walk out of here and live it out in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Have you heard this phrase before? It is not good for man to be alone. Sound familiar? Have you heard that? It is not good for man to be alone. God said that. God said that in Genesis 2, verse 18. I know we've heard that before, but I just want us to think about it this morning. Why would God say that? Why would God say something like, it's not good for man to be alone? Well, I think it's because it's not good for man to be alone. I think God's not like trying to be clever. I think he's stating something. Matter of fact, it's not good for man to be alone. The first, consider this, the first not good thing in the entire universe isn't sin. 
the, the, the first not good thing in the entire universe, it was aloneness. Aloneness. And, and I think when, when God speaks these words to, to us that we read in Genesis 1 and 2, when he, when he speaks things like, it's not good for man to be alone, I think this is way bigger than a marriage thing. I do. I, I think it's bigger than marriage. It's a community thing. Now, how do we know this? Well, I want to just bring us back to what God said in Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. I like that part. Let us make human beings in our image. Yeah, I know you've noticed this, but I think it's just foundationally worth looking at again. He says us. God says us. Like, who's he talking about? Who's God talking about when he says, let us make man in our image? Well, he's talking about himself as us. He's talking about God the Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, there's a Greek word that sort of tries to attempt, you know, the the early church leaders, you know, attempted to try to describe this, this relationship, this idea that is the Trinity. And uh, it's, they use this Greek word called perichoresis. And re- really what it literally means is it, it means like to dance or to like, like square dance, like to, to dance or to flow around. And there's an author, and maybe you've read him, Tim Keller. And uh, he, he wrote a book, The Reason for God. And um, he, he imagines like the, this Trinity idea of, of this dance. And, and I, I love the way he says it, and I just want to quote him right now. Um, he says this, as he's trying to imagine the community that the Father, Son, and Spirit have together. He says, The life of the Trinity is characterized not by self-centeredness, but by mutually self-giving love. When we delight and serve someone else, we enter into a dynamic orbit around him or her, and we center on the interests and the desires of the other. And then that creates a dance, particularly if there are three persons, each of whom move around the other two. So so listen to this. So it is, the Bible tells us, each of the divine persons of the Trinity center upon the others. None demands that the others revolve around him. Each voluntarily circles the other two, pouring out love, delight, and adoration into each other. Each person of the Trinity loves, adores, defers to, and rejoices in the others. And that creates a dynamic, pulsating dance of joy in love. That's man's attempt to describe what God experiences as three in one. That, that's who God is. God is family on mission. God exists, always has, always will, as community. In, in Genesis 1.26, says we're created in the image of that God. We're created in, in the image of that being, which means we're created for community. We're created for community. That's why it's not good for man to be alone. And that's why God created Eve as a relational companion for Adam, so that Adam could experience the kind of relational community with Eve and eventually with others that God experiences in relationship as Father, Son, and Spirit. Community 
is, always has been, always will be God's MO. It's the way God is. It's the way God exists. It's his nature. It's the way he works. And you see it all the way, you know, from the beginning of this book all the way to the end, community is a big deal to God. It's always been the way he works. I mean, we already talked about like in the garden, the first not good. Even before sin entered the picture, the first thing that wasn't good is aloneness. We're created in the image of a community-minded God. So God created Eve. In the Old Testament, keep going in the Old Testament, and you get to Abram, and you get to Abraham, you get to Genesis 12, and and God says, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to make a covenant with you. You're going to be my people. God works through a people, not a person. I mean, you think of like Solomon, this really wise man. You know, he, he wrote these Proverbs. In, in Ecclesiastes, you know, there, there's this, Ecclesiastes 4, you've heard this phrase, I bet. He says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If they fall down, they, they, can't help, they, they can help each other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Now, we always like use that at weddings, but that's not a wedding passage. That's, that's a community passage. That, that's a... That's a people of God passage. We're better together. Matthew, Matthew 18, 20. Jesus says this. Jesus says, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And now that, that doesn't mean God isn't with you when you're by yourself, you know, alone somewhere, because he's in you. But, but he says um, that there's something powerful and special. There's a special presence that, that sort of gets activated when we gather together like this in community, in the name of God. Jesus, consider Jesus was the son of God, but the way he chose to do ministry was in community. He chose 12 other guys to, to invite, he invited them into his life, and he invited them to, to be like him and to do the kinds of things that he did. Even when Jesus sent out the disciples, you know, in Luke 9 and 10, there's the 12 and the 72, he, he made sure they didn't ever go alone. Two is always like the, the minimum denominator in the kingdom of God. You know, we, 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 we've said this before. Even when he sent disciples to get a donkey, you know, um, before the triumphal entry, he sends two. I mean, even getting a donkey requires two people. Like, like community is a big deal to God. And after his resurrection, after Jesus rose again from the dead, he, he banked all of it. He banked everything. He he. he banked the advancement of the kingdom of his father in the hands of a small community of followers who changed the world. Christine Paul says this, the best testimony to the truth of the gospel is the quality of our life together. Jesus risked his reputation and the credibility of his story by tying them to how his followers live and care for one another. It's our sense of community that makes the message believable. Community is a big deal to God. You can't accept Jesus and reject Christian community. I don't really think you can accept Jesus and turn your back on the church, the body of Jesus. You can't separate Jesus from his body, which is the church. Jesus always links them up together. It's sort of like the cross, right? Like when you think about the cross, there's a vertical dimension and there's a horizontal dimension. I think there's a vertical and horizontal dimension to our relationship with God. You can't separate the two. Following Jesus 
is a group project. Following Jesus is a group project, and community is the soil in which we most readily grow and mature. Community is central and essential to the gospel and to the kingdom of Jesus. So we talk about community a lot. We emphasize community a lot here at Victory Point. Now, probably the clearest, the most, you know, famous go-to passage of community for the the church of Jesus Christ that we have in scriptures are the descriptions that Luke gives us of the early church in the book of Acts. There's a couple of them in there. Um, there, There's Acts 4, Acts 4, 32 through 35. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give them and give to those in need. And then there's Acts 2, right? Like, we we read this one a lot. But it's familiar. Listen to it again. Listen to the type of community that's being described right here. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Just just listen to the words that Luke uses to describe this sense of community that the church had. There was devotion. There was this sense of awe. There were signs and wonders. There was glad and sincere hearts. Needs were met. There were blessings. You can't help but see this incredible sense of community, of fellowship, of sharing. They shared food. They shared money. They shared mission. They shared friendship. They shared life. Does that sound like what someone would write to describe the kind of fellowship and community you are currently experiencing right now with others that you do life with? Is, is that the description, you know, that, that we would use to describe the ways we gather as a church, as Victory Point? We, we value communities on mission. We will follow Jesus not only individually, but in community by developing extended spiritual families that will eat, play, pray, share resources, encourage, and do mission together. Do you see where we got this language from? We're not, we're not like making this up. We're not like coming up with our own idea. We're, we're trying to be like what we read about in, in the book of Acts. That's important to us. Now, let's just be honest. This doesn't just happen. And you can't experience all of that just for one hour, 90 minutes, you know, on a Sunday morning. This, this, this wasn't an event. Now, now, certainly there were predictable patterns that, that they followed. But, but this was a way of life. This was how they did life. This is 
the early church attempting to be like the Trinity, like orbiting around each other, centering around the interests and desires of others. And there's a, let's just be honest, there's a cost. If, if you're going to go after this, you have to give up other things. You, you have to give up yourself for the sake of the gospel. You have to recognize that though my relationship with God is personal, it's not private. It was never intended to be private. It's meant, it's meant to be communal. It's the, it's the type of community that, that isn't, simply, it isn't simply something you can just add on to a busy lifestyle. You have to decide to integrate and to orient your life around it till it becomes lifestyle, till it starts to feel like family on mission. Now, certainly in our culture today, it's going to look different than it did in the book of Acts. It's going to look different than it did in the disciples' day. And in our individualistic culture, it's not going to happen by itself. We have to choose it. We have to fight for it. We have to be intentional. And at Victory Point, um, especially if, you, if you're new to this body of believers, um, it's something we're fighting for. It, it's something we're, we're trying to get better at. And uh, for us, about four years ago, um, we decided, like, this, we don't know how to live this way. It doesn't come naturally. It's, it's not the way culture lives today. How do we be, even begin to taste this? How do we even begin to experience this? So about four years ago, we, we set out on a big experiment of this thing called missional communities. Where, like, it, it's not, like, perfect, but we're, it's like the training wheels almost. Like, we, we, need, we need some training wheels to help us learn how to live as family on mission. So here's what we mean by missional community. It's our kind of definition in progress of a missional community. It's an extended family of missionary servants on mission with God in obedience to the Holy Spirit who demonstrate the gospel tangibly, declare the gospel creatively to a network or neighborhood of people. And this morning I thought it would be fun just to tell you about those, to tell you about what, what we've discovered so far and where we're at in this big experiment and in this journey. So I just want to tell you about some of our, our missional communities. So I'm going to put a slide up for each missional community. We have about six of them right now. I'm going to tell you about them. First is the Heritage Healthcare Missional Community. This is a group of, of families that, that come together in, in kind of center around being on mission at Heritage Healthcare Facility in Zeeland, which is a, a senior, senior living center. And uh, th- this group, th- th- some of them you can see up there, th- this group gets together a couple Sunday nights a month. They gather around a meal. They gather around fellowship. They gather around worship and the scriptures and prayer. Um, they also spend time at Heritage Healthcare throughout you know, the month. Like, um, you can see like, they play bingo. I mean, isn't that awesome? They, they play bingo at Heritage Healthcare. I know that they've really tried to love on the staff there at Heritage Healthcare, you know, bringing them cookies and baked goods. And I think even on fifth Sundays, they go in and lead worship at Heritage Healthcare. This is a, a family on mission, an extended family of missionary servants trying to demonstrate and declare the gospel tangibly and creatively to the residents and the staff of Heritage Healthcare. We have another missional community called the Central High School Missional Community. Um, the, the, the first one, the Heritage Healthcare, kind of the Joustras and the Veldermans 
sort of the spiritual parents and Christina, you know, kind of help lead out in, in that way. Um, Central High School, that, that's Brendan and his wife Rachel and some others up in the Grand Haven area. Central High School is an alternative high school in Grand Haven. And uh, this MC is rocking. Like they have all kinds of people in their MC right now. And they come alongside Central High School and uh, they bless the staff. They bring treats and goodies into the staff. They mentor kids at the high school. In the bottom right, I think uh, that they sort of created a pantry and even like some, uh, some clothing and stuff like that that the kids can access at the school. And isn't it cool? They, they got all ages in their missional community from, from little kids and babies and toddlers all the way up through young adults. And uh, they, they're big fans of the basketball team at, at Central High School. They go to the games and they cheer for the kids and bless them. They just, anything they can do to incarnate the kingdom of God at Central High School, they do. And they get together in homes a few times a month and again, around meals and worship and prayer and scripture. We have a, a this, this, is, this is a really cool missional community, okay? This one's called Helping Hands, Caring Hearts. And the, and the folks in this one, um, that's the, the Musins and the the Baumans, and um, I know I'm missing other people, the Bronchamas, like their mission is you guys. Their, their heart is the Victory Point community. How does the Victory Point community need help with anything? So um, they, they, one of the things they do is they make meals, like fr- freezer meals, and they put them in the freezer over here in the kitchen. And it, like if you're like if you have a baby or you're in the hospital or you're, you know, you're down and out like, and you need some meals, they want to give you some meals to, to help, to help you kind of move through that. They, whenever we do an event here, they like to help. Like when we did the Aaron Boyd concert, this team came in. They helped set up. They helped clean up. They, they helped do the meal. Um, when we do family meals, they, they help out with that. They, they just, they love to serve the body of Christ. And uh, they do all kinds of cool things. I, I got to participate with a few of them on, on some home projects this weekend, which was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't really do much of the project stuff, but I brought donuts and, you know, I took some pictures and things like that. But th- this group is awesome. And they get together in homes a few times a month, just like the other missional communities do. And they have like meals together and, and they, they worship and they, they read scriptures and they pray for each other and they pray for us. Really, really cool missional community. Then there's the Belay Youth Ministry missional community. Look at that, like in the middle there, like, like, I think I heard that this group has like 22 adults and 22 kids. <laughs> Can you imagine like gathering in a home? Like what joy, what, what energy that, that, that they have. Like, um, but, but how cool you have, you know, kids from this tall to, you know, adults this tall, like all being on mission together. The generations across the board. And uh, they come alongside Belay Youth Ministry, um, which is, you know, Tara and uh, Kate, and, and they do an after-school ministry on Tuesdays for sort of marginalized or challenged or at-risk middle school kids at West Ottawa, and um, they bring kids over to this building, and they bus them in, and they, when, when I've, I've walked in there sometimes, there's so many victory pointers, like just serving and volunteering of all ages, playing games, bringing snacks. There's kids coming to know Jesus and accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior as, as a part of that ministry. And, and this missional community is part of that. And they provide meals and they provide like blessings and backpacks and all kinds of things to the kids. They, they get together in homes a couple times a month. And, and they, they sing together and, and they, um, 
they pray and, and they just do life together. And it's really a beautiful thing. We have a missional community that's just starting. Um, this one's just emerging. It's, it's beginning. It, it, it's a, but they, they feel God calling them to be on mission at the Gateway Center, the Holland Rescue Mission Gateway Center. They feel like, like, like maybe God's calling us to come alongside some of the, the students in the mentoring program, you know, and to, to help walk with them and to mentor them. They're still figuring out what that's going to look like. But they're getting together. They're getting together in homes and they're praying and they're listening to God and, and they're deciding what this is going to look like. And I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm excited about, you know, listening to, to what that becomes. I know the, the, the dryers and the closermans are involved in that. And the um, belay one, like uh, that, that would be the Conings, you know, Brad and Jill and uh, the Follets and the Kappingas, you know, talk to any of them, like if, if you want to hear more. And then there's the Great Lakes Missional Community. This is the one that my family's a part of. Um, what, what our mission is, is uh, we just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to Great Lakes Elementary School, to the kids, to the staff. Um, we, we, we find any and all ways we can to, to love them. You know, like, uh, you know, we, we pray for and support the Kids Hope program that this church has had for, like, like I said, I think about 18 years now at, at Great Lakes Elementary. Um, we, we pray for the staff when we get together. Um, we, we pray, you know, for the kids when we get together. Um, one of the, the main things we do is we sort of administrate the, the hand-to-hand program that you all partner with, that you all are a part of. You know, putting a bag of food into a kid's locker to take home for the weekend so they can have some food for the weekend. Um, there's like 100, 115 bags that get put in lockers every Thursday afternoon for kids to take home every Friday. And uh, th- this has been a great, a great um, MC for my family. Like, these people have become family to me. And what's really cool is, you know, just like a lot of the other MCs, like, we, we have, like, little toddlers, you know, all the way up through college kids and, you know, adults, and all the generations are represented. And, uh, like, I'm so grateful that my kids have spiritual aunts and uncles, you know, in their lives right now. You know, JC's down in Guatemala right now because a, a lot and part of the generosity of, of her spiritual family, the Great Lakes MC. And they're praying for her, and they ask about her. And um, I'm just so grateful for the way that, that this MC pours into my kids. And I'm grateful that I get to be that, like, for the Howers and for others. You know, I get to turn around and be a spiritual uncle to those kids. And um, it's just such a cool thing. And uh, like I said, one of the things we do that, that kind of crosses over into you guys is um, we, we get together three times a month, once in a home, twice here, and we pack bags. We pack bags for hand-to-hand. And I actually have a video I want to show you um, of one of our most recent hand, I think it was December, the end of December, hand-to-hand sent somebody to take pictures of us, and they made this video about us. And I want you to watch this, because uh, it's, it's kind of fun. It gives you a glimpse of what an MC in action can be like, okay?
And uh, Ryan, before we leave, is going to tell you a little bit more about um, an initiative we got going right now with Hand to Hand, wanting to fill the pantry up in the month of February to finish strong. So uh, make sure you pay attention to him when he sends us out of here this morning. But, but these are our missional communities so far. These are our missional communities. These are our Acts 2 expressions. These are our attempts to, to take what we read about the early church and to try to live it out in today's context, in, in today's setting. These are our Acts 2 expressions. These are our gospel communities. These are our communities on mission. Now, I was sitting down this morning and just like, I'm estimating there's probably about 150 people involved in our missional communities, which I think is pretty good for a church like this when we only get, you know, a little more than that on a Sunday morning. Like, we got a lot of people involved in missional communities, which I'm totally excited about. But um, some of you, you know, maybe are looking for something like that. I'd encourage you to check out any of these missional communities. These are just the current ones we have right now, though. This is... um, you know, how we are choosing to do local missions here at Victory Point. I expect these, like if we did this a year from now, I'm hoping that there's new ones. I'm hoping there's new ones to highlight, new ones to show you. Some of these, you know, sometimes they, 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 they kind of evolve and, and they, they reproduce and they, they recreate themselves. Sometimes the, the mission comes to an end. You know, they, they, they're not meant to last forever missional communities have shelf lives there's seasons to everything but these are the ones that we have right now in this season of our life as a church and and i just want to stress i mean i want you to hear me clearly on this you guys missional community isn't the goal the goal isn't to be in a missional community you're not like like a a, a, you know a, a reduced christian if you're not in a missional community missional communities are not the goal they're simply the vehicles that we have right now to teach us how to live as family on mission, to how to live a lifestyle in community on mission together. So they're not the way, they're not the only way, but they are a way. And they're the way that we're kind of putting you know, our investment in. And the goal of a missional community isn't to just to grow big. That isn't the goal of a missional community. Missional community goal is to multiply to, 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 to reproduce and become more missional communities, to, for, for this to become a movement of kingdom bringing and disciple making across the community of Holland, Zealand, and beyond. So what about you? If you're sitting here this morning and as we talk about community and we talk about community on mission and, and you can't point to an expression of that in your life, um, I've got some ideas for you. I mean, number one, if you have that in your life, it's just not called a missional community. It's called something else. Awesome. Keep investing in that. Keep going after that. Keep going deep with people. If there's ways we can come alongside you and resort. I still got my name tag on. Tori, you're supposed to tell me stuff like that. Okay. Um, if there's ways that we can come alongside you and invest in you and help you, like in, in your expression of family and mission, we want to do that. It doesn't have to have the term MC on it. But if you're looking for something like that, I'd encourage you to jump into any of these and give it a whirl, okay? Um, j- just talk to me. Talk to Brendan. Talk to, let someone know at the Welcome Center. Put it on a Connect card. You know, we'd love to help you get connected. Actually, I'd love to help you start one. Okay, we, we would love to have more expressions of missional communities here at Victory Point. Maybe you're in a missional community right now and you've been like figuring this out and you've been experiencing this. Maybe it's time for you to step out and invite others into something. Okay, we, 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 we're looking for people to help start new missional communities. I got a couple of resources you might want to consider. Number one, we have this thing called the Calling Lab. 
Okay, the calling lab is this kind of self-propelled, you know, experience for you um, online to help you kind of discern where God's calling you to be on mission right now in your life. And it's something Brendan put together. It's so solid. It's really good. All you do is you go to our website, um, vpm.org, and I think if you look under resources, click calling lab, it'll take you to a, a spot where you can enter in your email and it'll start um, a, a series of emails that come to you most mornings of the week where it gives you a scripture to read, some questions to engage with, some videos to watch. There'll be opportunities during the week to, to join live with others and, and to process what God's saying to you. Where's God calling you to be on mission? Who's God calling you to be on mission with? You, this is like something you can do kind of self-guided on your own. I'd encourage you to check out this resource. Another resource that's really, really fresh and available right now is the Missional Life Workshop. This is uh, something that's going to start next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday night. For five weeks on a Wednesday night, whoever can, we're going to gather together and uh, help you just in a, in, a, in a setting where you can process a little bit, help, help introduce you to the, the dynamics and the principles of what does it mean to be a family on mission? What does it mean to, to live you know, on mission in community? What are the components of that? What does that look like? What does that maybe look like for me in my context, in my life? It's a great space for you to just ask all those questions and process that. And Ryan will be part of that and Brendan will be part of that. Um, They've really put together a great workshop, I think. And I'd encourage you to be part of that. You can sign up online or at the welcome table today. You can sign up, you know, on a sign-up sheet. And then it starts this Wednesday night. I think that's a great space to begin if you're wondering what this looks like for you. Another thought, Generation Spark. Maybe like missional community seems a little too big for you. Like you just want to start small. Two people coming together on mission is a community on mission. Um, maybe that's your niche. Maybe that's your thing. Like, man, I would love to just like one-on-one, just be able to have some coffee and, and be able to just process and, and discern and listen to God with somebody. Like maybe Generation Spark, whether you're a young person or an old person, that's something that maybe you could um, dive into as a start. I want to invite the band up. I just wanted to just take a minute, though. Um, you know, b- before we rush out of here and get into the Super Bowl mode and all that kind of stuff, let's not miss what God might be up to. Let, let's, let's not blow by what God might be wanting to say to us this morning. So I just want to invite you to just to pause, to quiet your heart to quiet your mind and to zoom in on what is it this morning that's gotten your attention? Might not even be anything I said. It might be something from the video. It might be something um, from a conversation you had. But, but where is God getting your attention this morning? Because that's probably an indicator of something he's trying to say to you. It's probably an indicator of something he wants to tell you. He wants you to receive from him a word of grace, a word of truth, a word of promise. Where's God getting your attention this morning? What is he saying to you? Then what are you going to do about it? What's one thing you can do in response to what God is saying to you this morning? Maybe it's giving this a go. Maybe it's jumping into something. Maybe it's taking a step to start a community on mission. I, I love the simplicity of Dallas Willard came across this this week. He, he said this. He said, if, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, he said, 
all you need to do is this. Get a group of, a group of people should get together and simply try to do the things that Jesus instructed his disciples to do. Maybe it is as simple as that. Who is a person or some persons that we can get together and start to do the things that Jesus told his disciples to do? That's seedlings of a community on mission. Those, those are the, the yeast seeds of family on mission. Who is it for you? Who are you on mission with in community? Just take a minute, pay attention to what God's saying, and then we're going to stand and sing. Why don't you stand with me? There's that African proverb, right? It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. We want to go far and deep in the kingdom of God, and that requires going together because God said it's not good for man to be alone. We are created in the image of a God who exists as community. We need one another to get this done. Because we truly, really are better together. Let's sing this song.